And to this, this episode of the Premium Pete Show, we sit down with the one and only DJ Ted Smooth. We talk about his love for hip-hop. We talk about remixing songs, with, even with Beyonce, his relationships with Funk Flex, Cool DJ Red Alert, and more. We also talk about his favorite Spanish foods, his pops, and how he wants to punch him in the face if he sees him. But listen, before we get to the show, I want you to at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show right now, check in. Let me know where the fuck you're listening from. It's from London, Latvia. If it's from Brooklyn, Internet, wherever it's from Dallas, you tell them. Check in right now. Even if you just want to write Internets. Premium Pete, fuck you. Let us know. And let's get to the show right now with DJ Ted Smooth. Cheer. Come on, everybody get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want to scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show because Milk said so. Fuck what you heard. Better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internets, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. I finally got my man, my guy. Mm. This 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 one's been taking a minute to happen. Kinda. It's been bubbling. It's like you know, sometimes when you put the hard boiled eggs, like when you put eggs in a, in a pot, you put it in there. I put it for fifteen minutes. You know what <laughs> I mean? I let it get boiled. I put salt in the pot, and then fifteen minutes after fifteen minutes, I put it out, and then I put cold water in the pot. Mm. Right? But this one don't need no cold water. You know, mm-hmm. listen. It's been a while to have this happen, and, and and it's always good to have a friend on. But more importantly, somebody who um, is passionate, creative, and and doing you know really perfected his craft in his lane. Um, a man of many things, I would say, besides a DJ. But do you yeah. consider yourself a DJ first? Yeah, DJ first, man. Okay, okay, <clears throat> DJ first. Listen, the remix, the the remix king. Okay, I mean, come on, straight face. You remember? You remember. My man, DJ Ted Smooth. Yes, sir. He's yes, in the sir. building. Listen, finally. What's cracking? Finally, we're here. We're here. Finally. There was a big fire behind us uh, 30 minutes ago. It almost threw me off. Hey, 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 hey listen. For, for, for somebody who listens to a lot of podcasts, too. All of them. <laughs> over the years, you always listen to anything. You know, I've seen you always listen to a bunch of different podcasts. And you know what I really enjoyed? That you would always take a gem from yeah, that podcast yeah, and post it. You gotta do it. And you would post like, yo, thank today's gems is courtesy of, you know, Premium Pete or Combat Jack yeah. or, or maybe it was Drink Champs. I'm, you know. The gems come from wherever. I, yeah. I could be like in the street and hear somebody talking to someone. I'd be like, whoa. Like anything that's like, okay, I, okay. I, I get that. I just share it. I yeah. just feel like why keep it to yourself? You know what I'm saying? Share, sure. share the wealth. So sure, it's important. I think uh, you know um, if you know something or hear something or, or or believe something's inspiring, it's important to share it. More importantly, if somebody said something that really inspired you, I think hmm. it's important to let them know that. You know, in this day and age, we talk about you know even with the with the passing of Prodigy a couple of weeks ago, you know, you look at it, you know, it's like people don't give their roses while they're here mm. you know what i mean and, and we keep on saying it it's just the thing i feel that is get redundant especially in hip-hop you know but like i think not only just artists in general we need to start loving and appreciate people more while they're here and like i said not that. just artists so maybe there's somebody you fuck with you know so that 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 you know could be a friend of yours it could you know even on social media if you're fucking with some guy that or, or a girl that you know and she's dope at what she does give her a shout you know what I mean? Let her know. Like, yo, I, I fuck with what you do. Or, or, or I think what's her name is dope. You know what I mean? I think this one is dope. And I think that's important to spread that positivity. Let me tell you something. Many years ago, I really didn't give a fuck about positivity like that. Hmm. But over the years, I really realized, man, like, like man, th- th- there's just a, a great amount of su- success and peace. 
you know, like people look for success in money or watches or, um, you know, material things. Yeah. As I get older, maybe I'm, maybe it's just me, but I find success in peace and being peaceful. You know, just living a life where, you know, you know, with your family and, 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 and obviously these things always go wrong and arguments happen and women drive men crazy and vice versa. You know, you didn't clean the dishes and, you know, the baby, you know, da 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 But there's a lot of peace in in, 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 in being peaceful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just when everything settles down, when life settles down for you, you settle down with it. And yeah. you start <clears throat> you start deciphering what's 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 more important than sure. the other thing so sure listen uh for those you don't know dj ted smooth um dj um also you know a content creator i will call yes, you sir. uh also um uh, a remixer uh, you know but the thing is this with straight face you remember that is right. that is something that plays in the beginning of, of your set it's like your drop yeah that's just blaze it's, no it's my tagline is what? that just blaze no, it sounds like up. just blaze hell no i swear to god yo you can't say that doesn't sound like just blaze <laughs> You're the well. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Um, wait, is that I the guess first time you ever heard that? That that my drop sounds like Just Blaze. Yeah, who is I that? I mean, that's me. Really? Hold on. <clears throat> Test move, straight face. You remember? Okay, there we go. Right. So we, I mean, we oh, sh- we share the raspiness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But um, I don't. Uh, his okay. voice is different than mine. Well, 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 well. Listen, hey, listen. Uh, I, I feel it sounds like just Blaze, but <laughs> and, and and that wouldn't be bad if it was just Blaze on the drop saying that. You know? I mean. You know, yeah. I mean, I guess. Don't wait for him to pass away for you to want that drop. You know what oh, I mean? Oh no, no, no. I'm good. I mean, that drop is like, you could tell nine out of ten people like, yo, that's Ted Smooth right there, and they'd be like, what? Tech what? Two what? Like they just, and then you like Ted Smooth straight fish. Oh, that's my favorite joint. Now, you know, now, 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 a lot of stuff that you remix, and we'll go through that throughout the episode. Right. But what I want to go through is you're young, a young Dominican kid yes, living sir. in where? Right now? No. Where'd you grow up? Oh, I I actually was um born. I lived on 104th Street and Columbus Avenue till I was. And that's considered uh, Harlem, that's, no? Upper, no, that's upper, the upper, west side. West side. That's the west so you have to understand. There's people right now listening in Scandinavia. Right. They don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That's when you're the saying. west side of Manhattan. Okay. Right? Here we go. So then, um, I lived there. Until I was, until the year of the blackout. So I think it was a uh, 79 or 70, one of, the, one of those years. Um, what happened was, I probably was like six years old, and we we had just got the uh, the okay to get the apartment in Wagner Projects on the east side of, of, of East Harlem, mm-hmm. which is on 122nd and 1st Avenue. And we moved the 95% of our stuff um, the hey, day. Well, who are you talking about? Uh, it's uh, my family, my mother, my father, my two older sisters, and my older brother. So, and what we, did, what did what did pops do? Uh, he was a mechanic. Oh, he, car mechanic. He, yeah, he was a car mechanic. Okay. Um, and actually, like an artist, he did his little artist thing, you know, uh, uh, okay. as well. Um, Spanish art. Yeah, Spanish. Um, he was a singer, he was a lead singer for a band. Really? Yeah, yeah. I used to play the tambora. I used to go to all the rehearsals. What the fuck is a tambora? Tambora is like a Dominican instrument that is, uh, if I could describe it, it looks like like a, a medium sized garbage can. But if you turn <laughs> it to the side, it has leather cowhide on both sides. And one side you hit it with your hand, the other one with a stick, and it goes. Let me ask you something. Does that 
thing have on it property of the Department of Sanitation in New York? No, 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 it doesn't. Okay. Okay, just it doesn't. Um, so, so we moved ninety five percent of our stuff uh, to Wagner to uh, 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 to the new apartment, and that night, the next night, the blackout happened. Mm. That's me. The blackout happened, and then. Um, about a day after that, we was like, you know, let's go back and get the rest of uh, stuff that we had in the old apartment, and the entire building was burned down. Really, it was a so fire. So we missed the burn, the uh, entirely burned up building in, for in three days. It was so all your crazy. stuff in there was bur- no, there was a little bit, a couple of things left. Okay, we went back, but by two days, like the building was burnt. Oh, thank God! So that was crazy. So then, you know, we moved to Wagner. Um, that was late seventies, early eighties, and then. I lived, raised there all my life, basically. You now is that what, what is Spanish Harlem for those who don't know? Is is, is that considered Spanish Harlem? Where is Spanish Harlem? Sp- Spanish the- Harlem is from, uh, from First Avenue to Madison Avenue, and from ninety, I want to say ninety seventh. That's uh, Isaac Projects ninety seventh to one hundred twenty fourth Street. Mm-hmm. So it's that. In some parts of 130th, when you go to Lexington Avenue, mm-hmm. so that's East Harlem or Spanish Harlem or El Barrio. Mm-hmm. So that's the, uh, you know, that that's the that's the guidelines. Yeah. So after you pass Madison and go to Fifth, now that becomes Harlem. Now what did about it, now? What did moms do? Uh, my mother was a seamstress. Seamstress, really? Yeah, my mother made our clothes when we were little, like. I mean, people have seen some of the posts I put up, in Three-piece joints. Yeah, yeah, like, I've seen that. You know yellow joint. All that. Yellow-green combo, vest. Like, it was... My, let me tell you something. My mother made a killing when the Hawaiian outfits came out. Remember the Hawaiian suits? Yep, yep. They were the popular. Yo, nobody... Nobody could top me in Hawaiian suits. Yeah. I had them all because she used to get the fabric from the warehouse and, like, make every... every Any pattern of Hawaiian, I had it. And she would make it like in a day. Like she had the pattern already. So she would like sell Hawaiian suits through the hood. Like people would come to, to my mom's house and pick up an outfit. You know, uh, she sold curtains. She just, she did everything. She was amazing. I mean, I can sew myself. You know what I'm saying? I learned really? from her. Yeah, I can hem pants and stuff like that. So yeah, my mother was a seamstress for, for all her life. Now mom and dad, you know, uh, were together for your whole life growing no. up? No. They were. I just posted a Father's Day post. Some people started crying and whatever. Um, my dad, he was a sucker, right? Let's keep it real. Um, at he left us. When you say that, why do you say he's? A I'm sucker? explaining. It. He okay. he left the family. Um, when I was, I want to say seven, eight years old. You know, him and my mom. What I still don't know to the day what actually happened. Um, but he, they had an argument. He left, and I haven't seen him since. And you, and you never asked mom what happened? Or? Um, n- no, my family was just here for for uh, my aunt's 60th birthday. And while we was having a, a, a dinner with my sisters and I'm asking, I said, yo, can, can, do y'all know what really happened? Because after I put that post, that Father's Day post, like basically saying, listen, I ain't grew up with a dad. And that's kind of why I am the dad I am. Because I never, I, I would never do that to my child. I would never do that to my daughter, Ty. I would never, or Avery. I would never do that. Um, because it affected me for years, and I didn't know like where the frustration was coming from. You dig what I'm saying? So, um, finally, when I got the opportunity to to tell to have this conversation with my daughter, she was like maybe like nine years old, and and she just started crying. She was like, "Wow, like 
now I understand why you work so hard for me and why you love me the way you do. Because I just broke the cycle. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, you it's know. It's very important. Let me tell you something, on, and, and, and I applaud you for that. You know, it's, uh, you know, I believe so much in, in, you know, I always push presence over presence and how important Facts. it is to be in your kid's life. You know, uh, a couple episodes ago, we had Memphis Bleak on, hmm. and he was talking about where he was talking to his kid, and he was telling his kid, like, uh, you know, that he don't have, he's like, wait, you have no father, daddy? Because hmm. he said he don't even know who his father is. If he's seen, he wouldn't even be able to tell him in the street. And he said, um, I think his son turned to him and was like, yo, um, nobody take you out to play ball. Nobody take you out to go here. And, he, and he's like, nah. He's like, I'm going to do that for you, daddy. And he said he almost cried from just yeah, that's that. Real. You know, um, I always speak about parenting. You know, I always speak about how it affects a lot of us, you know, women or, or, or men, you know, how it affects. When you don't grow up with a father, you know, it hurts you. It, Absolutely. it, it really affects you. And, 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 you know, it took you uh, a long time to see that, you know, um, if you ever seen Pops today, you know, what would you even to, say to him? Today, because I, I just said this the other day, like, if I seen him today, I'll punch him in the face. Right. Like, I just told my sister this, because some of them have, have stayed in contact with him over the years. And even one time, my sister Rosa, she's like, you know, she's just a sweetheart, and she's like, you know, the biggest advocate of, you know, oh, but that's still your dad. And I'm like, no. So I, I she convinced me to go meet him. This one, I was like... I want to say I was 19, and she finally convinced me to go meet him. And at that time, he had a garage on the west side on 157th around there and Amsterdam Avenue. And um, at this time, he already had, like, two other kids, you know, whatever. And, you know, I, I, I cool. I go, fuck it, I go see him to see, you know, what was he actually going to say. And, yeah, I walked in the garage, you know. He, he looked at me. I looked at him, and he walked right by me. Like he walked right by me and then then sat a little small talk with my sister and went about his business and and I left. I was like, you see? I was like, you see? Like never again. And and I left it alone. And 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 but just the other day I was having this conversation, and you know it, it gets it, it gets frustrating when you have that conversation, especially with family, because what they don't understand is that I was the closest to him. You dig what I'm saying? So I was, you know, I did the baseball. Like he was like my favorite. You dig what I'm saying? So yeah, it affected me the most because I was the closest to him. Like he literally had a, had a fight with my mom. I ran after him when he was leaving and I was like, no, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. We stood in somebody's house. I forget whose house it was. And the next day he dropped me off at school, right? Which is a uh, Holy Rosary uh, on, on 120th and, and Pleasant Avenue. His garage was on 118th Street and Pleasant Avenue. He said, I'm, I'm going to come pick you up after work. Never seen him. Yeah. Left the garage, left everything, and I'm like, you don't fucking do that, you know what I'm saying? So if I seen him today, if I was to see him today, I will punch him in the face. I I, I believe you with that, but would you, before you go, before we leave this earth, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you look back at some things that you would have did different, and you look at some things that you want to do. You know, we have these bucket lists, so to right. speak. As we get older, you want to think of shit like that. I know you would punch him in the face. I believe you, but is there something that you really like to tell him too? And the reason why I ask you that for. Is because when I seen your post that you put up, yeah, that shit was powerful, yeah. And so many people go through that shit, and not many people talk about it, yeah, of how they're affected. And we speak about it so many times on these episodes with so many people. And I just want to bring awareness because I love people like you and a bunch of other people that I know and friends of mine who are great fathers to their kids. And I talk about it all the time how you know 
uh, there's so much more love for kids these days where uh, parents are, are, are kissing their kids more, hugging their kids mm-hmm. more, in their lives more. Like, you know, I love seeing that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I go to my, my, my kids' swim class. I see fathers hugging their kids and loving, and I love seeing that shit. Bro, when I, my daughter, my daughter's 17. When, when I was young, I used to, when she was younger, I used to go to, like, dance class. When she was two, three years old. I was the only guy there. They mm-hmm. looked at me like I was some outcast. Crazy. You know? But it, it is what it is. But the point I'm making is, is there anything you would say to Pops, too, besides a punch in the face? Nothing like, yo, you left me. No. Nah, or nothing? Nah, I, I, I would... I'll beat the shit out of him, mm. to be honest. And I'll but say that are, with a smile on my face because yeah. because he's had more than enough opportunity and chances to, you know what I'm saying? To make, right. to, to make Yeah, to make right or even to to act, to, to care enough to even ask me. Like, But he's like done, done. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it, it's no, and, 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 I, and I say that with like no remorse at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I don't mean to sound harsh in any way, whatever. If I do, if I don't, Really don't care. I, I'm I'm so the minute I had my daughter and had the opportunity to to reverse that that cycle, sure break those chains. I let it go. Yeah, I let it go, and I was able to just be like, you know what, I, I'm doing my part now, sure. and, and that's it. I can live with that. And that's why they call that's why they call kids the reason. I call them all the time the reason Facts. because they become the reason to change, the reason to do things, the reason just for motivation, dedication, determination. All that shit. But anyway, I don't want to turn this into it's a wrong. fucking council session with you. <laughs> nah, it's all good. But but it's I'm glad that you were able to find the root of why you're angry and why that shit hurt you so much. And you know, it, it's important that you're you know breaking the chains for your daughter, so this generation grows up knowing that you know they don't have fathers like this. You know what I mean? Fathers that fathers. I'll be honest with you, and, and, and I don't even want to say no shots because if you are this, then fuck you. Not meaning you, right. meaning people out there. I don't know how you could go to bed. At night, when you don't take care of your kid, when you don't even want to see your kid, when you don't it's even a, worry about disgusting. your kid, I don't, you know, I, I'm being super real on this shit. Like that's the word you, I use. Yeah, it's like, disgusting. If you take care of your kid, if you don't take care of your kids, and you know, there's a lot of dudes that don't even see their kids. They're wearing Yeezys and Av- man. Let me tell you something, man. If you if your kid's dirty and you're fresh, you fucked up. And if you Crazy. if you're not in your kid's life and you fresh, I don't care what it is. Mother, there's something wrong with a mother. There's a way you could get in touch with you. You know what I mean? There's a way you could try to find out later on as they grow up. But whatever. Absolutely. I didn't want, I didn't want I'm going to just say one more thing on that because um, it's crazy. And what, what definitely solidified my, because um, I feel it's my it's my duty, you know what I'm saying, to, to just push, you know, fatherhood. And, you know, because I know we out there and, and it's like we just don't get enough credit. So it's it's not cool. Like this whole, it's not cool to be a dad. Like I'm, I done broke that shit. I've knocked that wall down 10 times. And to the point that like, I'm, I'll be in the street sometimes. And they'd be like, yo, Ted. And, and, and it'd be like an aggressive. And I'm like, wait a minute, is this guy like coming to say what's up? Or, and it don't be nothing about no music. Yo man, like, yo man, I'm cooling with my son now because I see how y'all with your daughter. That's yeah. nuts. Like that shit, like really, like I get goose pimples and it happens m- way more often than, than anything else. So it's like I know I'm doing my duty, and, and that's why I go go that hard with with uh with just you know making sure that I put up my moments. You dig what I'm saying? Because I know people are watching, and I know that I have a I have a I have a power, like I have a platform, and and people they just really appreciate that, and and, and I get thanks like every day, sure, like genuine, and sure, you know, and this I, is what and, it is, and, and continue doing that. You know, as fellow Facts. fathers, we need to uplift each other and continue to promote that type of stuff. Because I say this all the time. 
there, uh, even though you do your job as a father, and I'm doing my job as a and father. And I commend you too. I was going to wait for you to finish a sentence, but okay, yeah, I commend you too, man. Baby premium, the whole, we was talking about that before the mics cut on. Like mm-hmm. that's what it's about for me, man. Yeah, no, and I thank you for that. But you know, I think that uh, even though we both do uh, our best of our ability hmm. to love our kids and show them that and be in their lives. There's a lot of people who aren't. And I feel like the word dad is still bruised and battered, mm. meaning because of so many deadbeat dads. So even though like you say like, you feel it's your job, like me too, I feel like it's my job to uplift that name, Absolutely. even though I'm doing, like, I'm not one of those guys like, I'm doing what I'm doing. Who gives a fuck? Nah, I, I, I want to make that name even better as much as I can, you know? Yeah. I mean, on my Instagram bio, it says professional dad. Like, that's like a job. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, it's that serious, but... Yeah. Who, who are some mm-hmm. other father figures that you uh, have had, like in life, that you have um, seen that you were able to? Move father figures. One of my one of my best friends, George uh, G forty eight. Um, he's he's awesome dad. Um, who else? Um, uh, I'm blanking out right now, but um, there, there's uh, my boy Sweet Music mm-hmm. Dad. Like there's so many. Um, a lot of dudes in my crew. My little Rob. Mm-hmm. Do it like Diddy, Dad, like, and you know, and, and these are guys that you know, not, not, not. The relationship didn't go really go too well with, with their, with their uh, daughter's mother, and and they just still, you know, they, the they, they're to, still, yeah. they're still involved. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it's about, man. You got to make your effort. At the end of the day, you know, um, anybody who is in a relationship or or separated or divorced or you know, you know, we always speak about this um, on this um, show, but. You know, um, find the kids that all, all, all the kids is all that matters. So, for instance, if you're having a hard time with the mother or vice versa, you know, don't use that kid against them. If they want, you know, you know what I mean? Like, um, like, like this, like, like I give this example all the time and I give a quick example. But where my when I got divorced, uh, you know, my daughter was two years old when she got divorced. She's 17 now. When she when we got divorced, I remember her mother was calling me and was like, hey, you want to watch her on Tuesday? I got to go out on a date. And I, I say this, and at first I was like, get the fuck out of here. You want to go on a date to get fucked? And you want me to watch the kid? Right. That's how I felt. And then I hung up on her. I called her back like three minutes later. I was like, no, 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 I'll be there. Because I felt like, who gives a fuck about More her? time for you. No disrespect to her, but who gives a fuck about her? Let me. It's the kid who would suffer. So, you know, uh, I feel like there's a lot of relationships that go through that type of shit. Horrible. You know, horrible. Like, uh, like she's out dating. Who gives a fuck what she's doing? As long as your kid's okay. Go be in your kid's life, but I don't want to turn this into a fucking parenting uh, thing again. Let's let's go. You know, with remixes, right? Do people yes, like like? Do people even like get? Do you get paid from remixes? Can you get like, uh, um, you know, um, I guess like um, credits? Like, you know, I seen a plaque. Didn't you do a remix with a plaque for Justin Bieber? Or something? Um, no. How does that work? Tell the, me. Okay, well, as far as the remixes go, um, you can't you can't get paid for remixes, um. And for instance, Love on Top, right? When I did Love on Top for Beyonce, yes. right? She didn't ask me to do it. Like I, I went and I figured out, boom, I got a cappella and I did it. And I just got it so crazy that, you know, they got it, they got, they got wind of it. And it was like, yo, like we know this got to be official. So they reached out to me. I had a meeting and, um, you know, sent it to her. She approved it, loved it, signed off on it. And they was like, how much you want? It was it was it was to that point like it was like just how much you want and I was like I want that and mm. it was like okay mm. Mm. so you know um, and then there, there are some remixes that um, a label won't necessarily pay you right but that doesn't mean that you can't generate money from it mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, um, I've done it so much at such a high level and a consistent level that, you know, I can tell you, nah, nah I just did a favor for Buster. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, I got to Like, you know, it's, it's really, it really doesn't matter whether anybody knows if I got paid or not. Yeah. So I kind of keep it like that. I'm, well, you know, well, for, well it, yeah. It, right. al- it also adds to your, um, to, to your catalog. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and as you burn a club down, you know, it also adds to your catalog and what you have. And I'm gunning it down with my own, exactly. with my own shit. Yeah. I mean, I always say this, like somebody like Just Blaze, you know, when you really think about it and just what a talented genius producer he is. <laughs> you know what's awesome about Just? And I always say this, and this is fucking crazy when you think about it. This guy DJs his own production. He could DJ his own production and yeah. blow the fucking club out. Yeah, it's crazy. Play every one of his songs for an hour set, just say. And, and that's it. You know what I mean? You think about it. You don't have to play anybody else's music. Yeah, it's want. crazy. I mean, I've it's crazy because I really sometimes I go on night and I don't even play none of my remixes. Like I, I don't really use it as a crutch. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But there's been a few nights that the fans just be like, "Yo, like no, we need to yo," and I'm like, "All right," and then I rip off an hour light, and 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 doesn't affect the the the, the party. Like it's you know straight just banger after banger after banger. So it's a little different because. You know, it, it's it's just different records, sure. and and let's say you brought up a Just Blaze, right? So a Just Blaze, he's playing records he produced. Um, so I have records that I produced as well that a lot of people don't even know I fucking produced them. So we probably gonna touch on that too. No, but, let's get right to it. So this again, make your point. Make your point. Right. So my point is that um, my my job is to make a hit record better. Mm. Which is twice as hard. That's like the hardest thing to do. Like, to, like Love on Top was already a hit record. Sure. You know, uh, 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 Blame It for Jamie Foxx. That was already a hit record. Yeah. Adorn for Miguel was already a hit record. How do you make a hit record better? Yeah. So I've been, that's my challenge. And I take that challenge on yeah. all the time. And I've been able to to consistently do that. I will, I will, so I will say crazy. this. I will say this. Um, and I'm not saying this because you're here. I'm a right. very <laughs> honest person. Uh, Beyonce's Love on Top the remix by you yeah. to me is better than the original yeah. um, it gives more uh, it gives me more you know uh, movement so to speak uh, I mean she's amazing you know all hell to keep she uses it her shows yeah she yeah, really? does a rendition of it yeah so it's 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 weird because it's a re- it's technically a remix but when you when you break down what I really do I really just, I really produce it's like a record it's like it's own record I, I really produce these records because I'm adding drums and and doing all this shit and so it's it's his own it's it's own record and it's like had this conversation the other day people always tag me at weddings like yo it's like you know no no shade at Jermaine Dupri's uh let's get married the jagged edge record sure. like love on top is it's it's replaced that it's just like it's the wedding song now yeah you dig what I'm saying so that's I mean for, for a record to do that it has to be a classic, you know what I'm saying? So, now, really, is crazy. Now, now, Diddy has been known to say, if you don't have a Ted Smooth remix to extend the life of your single, it's going to die. You're gonna die. <laughs> well, it, he meant that. Okay. Well, what, what did you did you ever um, talk to him about him saying that? Oh man, so so the way that happened was, um, I called Puff to get on the remix that I did. I think it was an Usher remix or whatever, and. Around that time, he was he was coming to Harlem a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I seen him around, and I was like, "Yo, like you need to you need to jump on something." He's like, "Yo, matter of fact, I did something with, with, with Dirty Money, a new Biggie joint, and um, I want you to come here. It's called Angels." 
So I was like, all right, cool. So I go in the studio. I don't know if you ever been to the studio with Puff. He's like fucking dramatic. Nah, like, yeah, no, if he playing your record, he like calls in the, the, the people. They, they didn't turn the lights off. He puts the fucking the disco light on. Like I, he, heard, I heard if he likes something. This is what I heard from multiple people. If he likes something... He turns it all the way to fuck up, like max volume. And just starts dancing. Yeah. And it just starts like, going yeah. crazy. So so I got to see Angels. Amy showed me the video. And you know that video was fucking amazing. So I'm sitting there and uh and uh I'm like, yo, well, I got this what I did. And he's like, um, I can't get on that because my next single got the same artist on it, whatever. And I was like, damn, like fuck man, that's I was bummed out. I was like, all right, well, let me hear what you got. Right? So he, he, he plays the video, and the shit is amazing. And, and you know, they use the, the Where I'm From uh, beat. So it kind of already sounded like a like a remix that I would have done, right? So I'm rocking time. I'm like, shit is dope. And at the same time, I'm like, all right, I already know what I'm going to do. I already know how I'm going to flip it. So he turns over. He's like, what you think? And I'm like, yo, that shit is dope. I said, um, he was like, yo, you know, I'm going to give you that capella. So, you know, do what you do. So I was like, all right. I was like, yeah, I'll be back in a couple of days. He was like, yeah, I play boy. You know, he talked. And I was like, I'm telling you, I already, I already got it in my head. Sure enough, two days later, not not even 48 hours, 30-something, 30 36 hours, I called him back, and I'm like, yo, turn them lights on. I said, turn them fucking disco lights on. He was like, get out of there. I'm like, yeah, I'm on my way. I go there, boom. I get there. Sure enough, he turns the lights off, whatever. I play the joint, and he just started moving his shoulders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He started moving his shoulders, and then... Whatever he's dancing around, and I remember Dawn, the girl from from uh, from down the yeah, right from there. She she like peeked in through the window and was like, "What the fuck is that?" She walked in, she starts dancing. So I was like, "I already know, like he, he liked it or whatever." So then after that, you know, we we sitting there, we chopping up, he, he ordering some food, and remember when the 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 little flip Mino, the little flip mm -hmm. Mino uh, recorder thing, mm -hmm. that's when that was out. So I was like, "Yo." If you don't mind, just give me a drop. Like, he was just supposed to be like, yo, what's up, Tess, smooth, da, 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 whatever. That was what he was supposed to do. So he was like, all right, cool. Boom, I start recording. He's like, yo, what up? And then I posted a video. If you probably go on on YouTube, you can find it. So um, I uh, I start recording, and he just starts talking. And as he's talking, like, my, my rate is going up. He's like, yo, I passed the remix baton, and my man, Tess, smooth, you know, Diddy was considered the remix king. Or whatever. So he passed it to me, right? So my my money went up. And then he goes, if you don't have a test more remix to extend the life of your of your single, you're gonna die. You're yeah. just gonna die. And I was like, Did you just fucking say that? And he just kept going on and on and, and, and it was it was like the crown right there, bang. And I was like, Wow. So that's amazing. Coming from him, like sure, mind sure. you, he's my friend, but that's Puff. Sure. And at the time he was it was him and Jermaine. Yeah. They were just like the remix well, they was yeah. doing it they and was even, doing their thing and even if you go back before that pete rock you know uh right. clark kent right people who who made so many remixes dope remixes you know now even like how did you even get into remixing meaning like who inspired you to even do that what made you want to be a remixer i mean you could just been a dj you know now right. all of a sudden you remix and stuff well well it, it works hand in hand because um i'm from the the golden era of the mixtape right the late 80s yeah. where where we would do blends right so the way that worked is at the beginning of your tape you either did uh, an intro with like just a bunch of records or whatever you wanted to do or you did a blend to to start your tape off and whoever had the best blend you know 
at that period of time, that was the tape that sold the most because people would buy it just for the beginning. So, so what I do now is kind of the same thing we was doing then. We was taking acapellas, putting different beats on it. You know what I'm saying? It's just the term has changed. Like all I'm doing is, in my mind, I'm just doing blends. But now I'm adding drums. The technology has helped us to really make these records sound like records as opposed to just one acapella, one instrumental, and you just rock you rock that for two minutes. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same concept. So I didn't get really influenced from nobody. It was just like that was what we was doing when, when the mixtapes came out. You feel me? So that's basically what I'm doing, but it's just on steroids because I go all the way. Like I mix it, I get it mastered. I, sure, you know what I mean? Sure. Like so it could sound just like the the record I played before. Like if I'm playing a Drake record, and I play my remix after that, sonically it's gonna sound just as sure. good. Shout yeah. to my engineer Choco, greatest. Shout, shout to Choco. Yes, yeah. I love <laughs> he deserves all all praise due. You you mentioned before that people may not have known that you done some production. Right. What production have you done? I'll tell you a funny story. Just the other day, my sisters was here from Florida, and we was they did an Airbnb in Harlem, and um, we all there. Jesse's there, and uh, Jesse, my fiance, by the way, for yeah, those we'll, who don't. Jesse Cota. We'll, we'll bring Jesse so Cota on all, a little bit to talk about some Dominican Puerto Rican right, shit. Right, right. So, so, so we're there, and um, we're you know my sisters. They all they want they used to, they lived in Florida for years, but they're from you know East Harlem. Mm -hmm. So all they want to do is eat. They want to find um, rib tips. Chinese food, you know, they want acapuria, sure. they want to eat all that shit. So they're like, yo, where can we get some cookies at? Right? So um, I was like, yo, Insomnia Cookies, they have a, you know, yep. yeah, yep. Cut, cut, cut premium check for the shout out. So Insomnia Cookies, they deliver to three in the morning, no, to one in the morning. So I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's call it. We right there in Harlem. I call and the, the, the call center is in Philadelphia, right? So I'm trying to order the cookies, and they're like, yo, well, we can't deliver to 126th Street. We can only go to 122nd Street. And I'm like, come on. I said, my nigga, like, come on. Like, okay, you know what? Send the delivery guy to 121st. Then tell him to call me. I'll give him an extra $10, and then he could, he's like, no, we just can't do it. So you know me. I, I'm trying to convince this guy that that's from Philly that um, he should do me the favor and, and just put the order in. So I'm like, listen, man, you know what? If if I if I produce one of your favorite records, one of your favorite classic records from Philly, would you send me the cookies? He was like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "I produce Ring the Alarm, Petey Crack, mm -hmm. Emilio Sparks, and Freeway." I'm like, "That's my record." Like, send them motherfucking cookies, and he starts laughing. He was like, "Oh," he was like, "What's your name?" And I was like, "Test Move," and he was like. I can't do it. I said, like, you going to play me like that? I said, okay, as a matter of fact, I did Gangsta Fuck too. So those are two big records that, you know, at the time were, were big, uh, you know, with, with Petey Kraken and those guys. And I was like, yo, man, those are classics, bro. And try to convince him, and he wasn't having it. So sure. ring the alarm, ring the alarm. Not a, like, yeah. That record, that's a Hulumba classic from back in the days. Um, Lumi D, uh-oh, uh-oh, yeah. produced that record, co-wrote on that record. Um, uh, the infamous No Music. Yeah, no music that like every teacher hates me to this day because the kids don't want to do nothing but but do that shit in recess and dance or fucking for the all hour they're out there. Um, uh, what else? What else? Um, I'm, I'm blanking out over here. But I mean, those are just you know three classic records. Hey, there's more than a couple of three. You know, even right? With Lumi D, Lumi D was very big. Yeah, that was like yeah, that was huge, huge yeah. record. It's classic. 
I named three classics. I remember that shit. She was like, Da-na-na, yeah, Na-na-na. It, it was un- just uh, uh, unstoppable. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember when Fifty did uh, Fifty uh, yeah, did, a, no, did a remix on that, right? Or a fi- feature? No, Cipher Sounds found of an old Fifty verse from like a record that never did nothing, and it kind of matched. And he put really, he put on, yeah. Cipher did that. Cipher's like the the bootleg master. <laughs> that nigga just be like, let me tell you something. Fifty came in on that track. I remember he was like, she's something like a porno star. Like, yeah, yo, it I made was sense. Like, yo, this 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 dude is killing no. Fifty it. knew about it though. Like he performed this stuff. We did sure, a few shows sure. with him. Um, but yeah, you know, so yeah, a lot of people don't know, you know, that I did those records because it was it was before Test Move Straight Face. You remember? Yeah. So you had to just be there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like now, do you want to continue to produce? Are you still wanting to? No. Produce? Absolutely. Um, oh, I did a in the air for Vado okay, over okay. the Phil Collins yep, yep. classic. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 you know, my album. You know, everybody's just dying for me to make these albums. You know, obviously, I got relationships with with Jada, Swiss. You know, all these guys, sure, sure. and they're like, "Yo, like, whenever you ready to go." You know what I'm saying? Like, so um, it's just the timing, man. The timing has just not, you know. You know, when you get on quote on, on, I'm doing air quotes, album mode, like that's, you got to be in a certain thing. And, and I'm close. I'm close to like, you know, it, it, the problem is that when I do records, let's say a Styles P, like I do a record with him, supposedly for me, and he's like, yo, nah, I need that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't get to keep none of the records that I do. Sure, sure. So I, I just got to be a little more. Yeah, sure. You just got to have more of a set out goal of like, yo, I'm going to be doing 12 tracks yeah. for this album, and this one's mine. I, I, I got to. I mean, listen, you know, um, DJ Khaled, I feel like, opened the door even more for, no, that- for, for, for DJs to, to, to just show how much room there is to be successful and make money no that's great because what Khaled is doing is exactly what i would do like with my relationships and just me i'm 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 a producer like i actually hit the pads like you know the 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 i mean now not as much because i don't really use the npc no more but um you know i'm a real producer and at the end of the day like I, i i get involved with the writing i get involved with structuring the record with you know what feature to get like everything that Cal is uh, that's why I'm like so excited I mean, not only is Cal my man but it's like you know what great that he's doing that because when I come it's gonna be it's not gonna be foreign to anybody sure, sure. you know what I'm saying so that's how some dudes will look at Cal like oh and hate on him like no nigga that's just, he opening the doors for, for us to do these kind of albums again so you so know. it's definitely still producing, still remixing, still doing parties, still DJing bar mitzvahs, like what, whatever the check is for look, I'm killing it listen let me tell you something Funk Flex said, I don't know another DJ that can destroy a Latin club one <laughs> night and the next night body a hip-hop club. His well, uh, range is crazy. Now, for black, people black, who don't know, yeah, okay. okay, you're Dominican. Yes. Okay, very Spanish. Yeah, 100%. Very, 100% Spanish. Santiago, coño. What the fuck? I don't even know what you said, but I just shouted where I'm from in the okay, uh, okay, and no problem, no a problem. half a curse word. You know? don't, don't be a, don't be a manicon. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, not to be confused with a manigot, right? Which right, is, right. is Italian. <laughs> um, you know, when I say really Spanish, I, I, I do want to say this. Um, you know, you're working on something called behind the speaker. Mm. It's where you sit down with different artists, different DJs. I was there your first night. So excited um, about this! It's show. not coming out yet. Uh, it, it may be out yet. I don't know. It's, it's uh, the internet's will know. But the point Absolutely. I'm trying to make is this: it was with DJ Camillo, the first guest, the inaugural guest. I was there in the building, and I want to say this. What I experienced was so much love in that building, but more importantly, so much Spanish love. Mm. And what I mean by that is um, your fiancé, Jesse Cotto, yes. was crying 
uh, was talking about how proud she is of you. No, no, this shit really Real meant, shit. this shit was powerful to me. Like, she got up there and told everybody, yo, he's been working and grinding and I'm so proud of him and everyone should want a girl like that. I'm Absolutely. sure she's crazy and she probably drives you fucking nuts, but I'm telling you right now, that shit was beautiful. The way she was crying, literally crying of how happy she was for you. Yes. Uh, uh, what's this guy's name who does the global spin? Uh, uh, Pr- Sean Prez. Sean Prez. Talking about, I love you. I love you. I heard him like, yo, Ted, I'm so proud mm-hmm. of you. I love you. You know, the reason why I say Spanish love is there's a lot of Spanish people in the building. Right. You're, you're, you're obviously, you know, Dominican. Right. But what I mean is like, I feel like there was just so much like that brotherly Spanish love. If someone Spanish or around Spanish could understand what I mean, it's like kind of like Italians where like, you know, that Italian love or, you know, it's just that. It's different. It's different. That, it felt like a, a Spanish family barbecue love. Like you know, you want you want some more uh, uh, rice and gondola. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, I mean, the, the the you know, I mean, we had you know kids, you know, college kids there. Sure. We had uh, just a, a very a very uh, uh, array of of different people, but everybody, um, whether they was family or friends or just people, they were just excited that I was actually doing this because whoever knew about it when I was talking about the idea. They were just excited for me, and then whoever came, they felt privileged to be there. Sure, you dig what I'm saying. So the funny thing is that I, you know, the lights was was they, they were kind of in my face, so I didn't know. The only person I could see was like the front row, maybe sure. a little bit of second. I didn't know nobody was there. In my mind, I'm like, damn, Pete ain't show up. Like a lot of people show up, and after you know we cut the film, um, it was just so gratifying to see like everybody that was there like Nick Storm like you know Gungi like it was it was crazy and and I was just telling my man earlier but like it felt like I like I had a kid like I was like so relieved you know what I'm saying that it, we actually filmed it did it is in the can and now we know what it's going to take to do it like that sure. so so the premise of the show is well first know, of all it's called that, behind the speaker behind the speaker okay it's, called, it's Ted Smooth right sitting down live interviewing different people within the music industry right particularly Uh, um, starting off with a lot of djs right yeah so it's basically anything that resonates through a speaker right so it can be an artist a producer a music exec anything that comes to a speaker some way somehow i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a a conversation like i'm a i'm a very curious curious guy so i'm gonna ask just the shit i want to know candid it's gonna be funny like there's a sneaker battle like before the show before the interview starts we gotta have a sneaker battle okay camillo didn't know that you know what i'm saying so obviously now you know clark kent and jazzy yours they're probably gonna notice now when they hear the episode but um it's funny stuff like i prank my artist like i had my guy come to honey seven and and told Camillo's Porsche You know what I'm saying Like so I'm pulling pranks On people I'm just making it fun And it's it's all about My personality And it's gonna live As a TV show But at the same time The audio will be a podcast So I'm shooting a shotgun I'm shooting one time And it's gonna live In different In different uh, 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 Forms of media So that's what makes it different And that's what makes it special In my opinion And people get it They're like yo You onto some shit no, you know listen, listen I, I wish you all the best behind the speaker internet. Listen, uh, e- either it'll be out when this episode drops, either there'll be some content yeah, out no, I, or, or, or maybe there won't. But behind the speaker by Ted Smooth, um, I think is going to be a dope project. Get ready, that, man. That really just shows people within involved the industry uh, doing things. You know, let's get back to Funk Flex for a second. Yeah. He's the one who said that, look. You know, he could burn down a fucking Latin club and then a hip-hop club the next night. Flex, now, for people who are not from New York, Flex plays a lot of your remixes on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he And he'll run them back, put a bomb on them like he does. Um, has supported you over here. What does Funk Flex mean to you? 
Well, Funk Flex is very inspiring to me because you got to understand, quick story, me and Flex met on, on not so good terms. Really? And I had to remind him this the other day because he's going to sit on that chair across from me on behind the speaker eventually. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, like, you don't remember. So when I started telling him the story, he was like, oh, shit. Like, I remember, but I, did, I didn't know that it was you. You dig what I'm saying? So, Well, what are you talking about? Well, basically, back when in 93... There was a club in New York City called Home Base. I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember that club. Yep. It was a huge club. And they was popping. The owner of that club, his name was Marvin Ginsburg. Little Jewish guy with little big glasses. And at the time, I was doing Quasimodo's on Monday nights at this bar on the east side on 92nd and 2nd. So Quasimodo's was basically a small little bar. And we there was nothing else happening on Monday nights in New York City but China Club. And we couldn't get to that because that was just like, you know, bougie for the, you know, white star, white you know, actors and shit Burr. like that. So we started our own fucking party. And three weeks later, we got 600 people there. Everybody from, that's where I met Nice and Smooth. That's where I met all the people. So the party was crazy. And at the end of one of the nights, this little Jewish guy comes in. He's like, hey, you want a DJ at home base? And I had heard about it, but I didn't know who he was. And I was like, yeah, why not? So he was like, you know, I need you play reggae. And I was like, yeah, I'm damn near Jamaican. Like, what's up? He was like, well, the the, front, the, the upstairs room, we got to get people up there, whatever, whatever. I work out some women. I start doing home base on Fridays. Um, Flex was doing the downstairs Friday and Saturday. They had Naughty by Nature. They had all the groups there. It was popping. In about two weeks, I probably had like 500, 600 people upstairs in the reggae room. And Jesse Cotto, I didn't know that she was there, but she was there because her uncle was ran security for years. So she, she actually, she was like, yeah, I remember it. I used to go to that shit. So um, three weeks into that, Marvin Ginsburg goes, hey, you want to do, do the main room one night? And I'm like, I'm like, mm, yeah, like, why not? It's the fucking biggest thing. So I'm all excited. I'm telling people. Two days later, he goes, oh, nah, I'm, I don't think I'm going to have you there because Flex says if he can't do both nights down there, he's not doing no nights. Really? So he did a boss move, right? But I'm 21 years old, 20 years old. I'm like, yo, fuck that nigga. Like, he the fucking hater. Like, wow, that's how I saw it. But it was just straight business. So I remembered that. And never approached him, whatever, whatever, but I was just bad-mouthing him everywhere I went. So then now I'm doing a Saturday night, like six months after that, I'm doing a Saturday night at this place called Stingrays on 51st and 12th. Now, we got the popping night. My, my promoter, Adam Adam Torres, um, he's like, yo, uh, you know, who you want to uh, get to guest DJ? I'm like, get Flex. I said, book him. Why? Because at the time I did the Remember the Time remix, the Michael Jackson remix, with like 12 sure. different beats, which was the first time there was a, a blend with that, that many beats coming back and forth, back and forth. This is a classic remix, classic blend rather. And I knew that he was looking for it because at Downtown Records, uh, Dante, that he ran Downtown Records, he wanted to press a bootleg of it. And I got wind of it. And I'm like, yo, Dante, if you press that shit, I'm fucking you up. You're going to have a problem. So he was like, nah, maybe because Flex keep asking me. Everybody's asking me. I know what Flex likes it. So I set him up. So he came to do his guest spot. I uh, I let him do his guest spot. He didn't know it was me. By the time he finished, he got to the front door. I played the fucking remix. He turned around like this motherfucker. Like it's him. And it all brought it back to By the time he got to me, he was like, yo, man, listen, that thing over there wasn't personal. So that's how we met. You know what I'm saying? So Flex is, is inspiring for me because he knows how to do radio. You know what I'm saying? He's a personality. And I've always felt like, yo, I'm a personality. I can do that. So, which inspired me to take on behind the speaker. Like, that's a whole different hat that I'm wearing. 
at the end of the day. No, most definitely. And Flex broke records. Sure. Flex, like, he just became part of the party, and, and I've always wanted to be part of the party. Like, you're not going to stick me in the corner, you know, when a little fucking... No, I'm going to be in the middle of the fucking sure. party on stage with lights on, and, and, and I'm going to be a part of the situation. How, how much does it mean to you... Um, you know, hearing him play all your records like that, really just you know support it and give it, give, you know, give it spins and spins and spins. Well, well, not only flex. I mean, like I said, I, I I'm a humbly say, man. Like, there's not, and I've been all over the world, and I've opened up laptops in Japan and Belgium, everywhere. There's no laptop that doesn't have a test move folder in it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that shit is humbling when I think about that. Every time I get on my little flash, I think about that, and it brings me back to Earth because that that's very humbling that I get all this support from DJs all over the world. But Flex, in particular, I know it's not a favor. Like, he if he don't he don't like all my remixes. He likes the ones he likes. He does like. So I know that's genuine. That's something that Camilo touched on in an interview. He was like, "Yo, like, you know, when I'm playing it, it's because I like it, not because I I like you. I'm doing your favor." So. From Mr. C to, to all the DJs, even some of the DJs that 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 hate on me, that talk over my drop. It's like, that's amazing. You don't like me. You're talking over my drop and you still play my remix. So I I take it all, all in stride and I appreciate all the support because you could be playing another record, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I come from the school of, you know, if I'm from a different block, I'm not playing that nigga shit. As as dope as it may be, just because we're not from the same block, I'm not gonna play it. Sure. So to get the love like that, that's that's special, and I know that when he does a movie, Flex's favorite remix is one of them. Actually, is um, French Montana, uh, Shot Caller. Okay. I use the Public Enemy, uh, uh Public Enemy number yeah, one. Yeah, that yeah. beat. That's also Redditor's favorite too. Flex played that shit. I was on Hunt 16, so I just finished seeing my daughter. I got hung. I was hungry. I wanted to go to Cat's Deli. Mm -hmm. It took me 47 minutes to get there. He played that shit from that, the entire ride. Bomb, bringing it back because he loved breakbeats. That's the most I've ever heard a DJ play one of my remixes like simultaneously. Nuts. So I, I just love it, man. It's humbling. It's humbling F to Flex, get that Flex is, I'll tell you one thing. People can say what they want about Flex. But when he believes in something, oh man, that motherfucker, man, he he is so passionate about what he's doing, man. I tell you, I tell you, listen, I've always appreciated Flex for that. You know, most he's definitely. real. He's a one thousand percent real. Sometimes I hear your remixes through him before anybody, right? You know, I mean, it's it's you know, like I said, man. Some people, I, I try to because I got to be politically correct, right? Right? Because there's so many deals. So sure, so you got. Many. You know, you have um, 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 Camillo at right? New yep. at Two. Yep. You got DJ Enough. Yep. All these DJs, and you got different regions. So sometimes I got to be like, okay, well, I'm going to give Flex this one. I'll send it to him before everybody let him rock with it for a week. Then, you know, another one, I'll give it to Camillo first. Sure. i give it to this guy first, you know, whatever. So I got to work it around. You dig what I'm saying? But, you know, Cypher, Cypher Sounds, they accuse him of taking payola. He fucking plays so many of my remixes. But, yeah. but I know it's genuine. You know what I'm saying? So that's dope, man. And I'm glad I, that my remixes are. They feel that they're a weapon. They feel that they're like they're not losing any any steam yeah. by playing one. It's actually upgrading what they're doing as a DJ. Let me ask you: um, a lot of these remixes you have done, have any of these artists reach out to you? We spoke about Beyonce, right? But have anybody else like reach out and buy? Yo, that shit was dope. What you did? Nah, right? all the time. I mean, um, Styles P. They, they they give me different nicknames. Styles P says he was like, y "You don't miss." Mm -mm. That's fucking crazy. For someone to sell, tell somebody that they don't miss, mm. like that just, 
that just shows how consistent someone can actually like if you never miss uh, Mano calls me the resurrector because <laughs> he's like yo you be taking niggas that be cold as ice and resurrecting them and they're on the fucking radio now and, and they're getting shows sure. you know what I'm saying so everybody reaches out from Swiss to to Busta to you know Matas Yahoo mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying the, the list goes on and on from you know record execs to I mean it's, it's crazy it's, it's, it's crazy like I did no one for Alicia Keys and, and you know she was like yo I love it but you know I didn't have access to the, to the instrumental or the parts of the record so I used just like the, a, a piece that I had she was like let me play the piano I was like shit <laughs> by all means so she loved it that much that she wanted to actually play the pianos on the No One Remix Yeah, that's dope you feel me so they appreciate it man artists appreciate it and it's become a thing that it's like they be like yo make sure that tag is on there like that shit that test moves straight face you remember like that means like you're hot sure. that means like something's going on if he's remixing your record and it resonates from DJs to the artists to the record labels that's important it's crazy it's important listen listen we're gonna go on a break yes okay? sir uh what i want you guys to do is go to youtube uh <laughs> or go to soundcloud i mean are you on soundcloud not a soundcloud go they, to youtube check, check ted smooth remixes check some of them out let us know what you think um add us on uh, twitter or, or yes, instagram sir. ted smooth at ted smooth at, at ted smooth at premium p at premium p show let us know what you think man it, like i said there's a bunch of remixes on there by test mood crazy uh, i mean i like them i like them i like i appreciate that listen internet we're sitting here we're talking about fatherhood we can get into some spanish shit we're talking about <laughs> producing remixing everything listen get yourself uh some kool-aid get yourself a twinkie um some maybe, coffee some coffee some coffee. cafe bustello <laughs> okay but internet don't go nowhere you listen to the premium p show my man dj Ted smooth is yeah. in the building be right back cheer Yes, yes, you're rocking with the best. This is Just Blaze right now. You are checking out the Premium Pete Show. All right? What? Internet and we're back. Sitting here with my man, DJ Ted Smooth. Yeah. Straight face. Listen you to remember. Um, some great stories, man, and some really um, powerful uh, parenting talk before. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you to calm down, though. I don't want you to punch anybody or, or fucking knock anything nah. down. Calm the fuck down, Ted. This is a no-punching episode. Let me ask you something. One thing I want to get into, and you have your fiance here, yep. Je Jesse. Uh, how do you say that? Say that, Jesse. Say hello to the internet. Hi, internet. Jesse, what? Jesse Cotto. Cotto. Okay. See, you got to say it so fucking. Uh, uh, now you're Puerto Rican, right? I'm Puerto Rican. And Ted is Dominican. Now, Ted, I want you to tell me. <laughs> now you said that Dominicans and Puerto Ricans, I feel like, don't even like each other. But you're saying that That's doesn't matter. That's a myth. Why is it a myth? Because we, there's not a Puerto Rican Dominican beef. Really? There really isn't. Okay, let me tell. I'm gonna tell you why. Growing up, if I seen a Dominican or a Puerto Rican that I know, and I said, "Say I didn't know they were Dominican," I'm like, "Yo, what are you Puerto Rican?" He's like, "Get the fuck out of here! You crazy? I'm right. Dominican." That's because you're prejudging them. But I didn't know if he was. Dim but what I'm saying is, they said it like it was a problem. You no, the, the problem is that you're prejudging them. They have a problem with, with you prejudging them, not they have a problem with a Puerto Rican or a Dominican. They will. Well, you know it depends what I'm on the conversation. Yeah, if you said something or the way they act, like mm -hmm. if they said something a certain way and you're like, oh, you must be Puerto Rican, then they'll be like, fuck you, I'm not. So you don't think that people uh, like a, a Puerto Rican or a Dominican may say, like say a Dominican says, nah, that's some Puerto Rican shit. We don't do that. You don't, no, you, it's you true. Never, you never said no, something no, like no, that? No, no, no. No, we, we have those conversations all the time, but that don't mean it's a beef. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, for, I mean, it's no beef. I think a Dominican, no Dominicans are really uh, true to their culture. I'm not saying all Puerto Ricans aren't, but a lot of us have lost our language throughout the years where Dominicans are still 
newer here, mm-hmm, if I can say mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And they still speak their Spanish and they still have their culture. We're more Americanized now. So a lot True of the Dominicans take uh, offense when you say, oh, you're Puerto Rican. Because they're like, no, I still got my culture. You know, like I was telling Jesse, too, uh, earlier, even like Asians, you think about it. Like, say if you say, like, yo, what are you, uh, Chinese? Because most people will say Chinese. Think I, about I it. I will, too. Most people would just, or, and, and I've had people tell me Chinese. I'm fuck. I'm Korean. Right. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know. Again, but they, they, J- Japanese people don't fight with Chinese people because well, Japanese people don't because. like Chinese people. Though I worked for Japanese for a long time, and they look down on Chinese people. Mm. Well, that that does probably be true, but not because they're Chinese. No, well, they looked at it like they were the upper class of the Asian group. Mm, I, well, I get like, that. like 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 you know they, like the Japanese I work for, they got their suits tailored, and if you tell them they were Chinese, they feel like nah nah, we not like that. They you see know? Chinese as peasants. Yes, yes, right. I get it. It's crazy, right? Now let me ask you something, okay? Being that Ted's Dominican, right? Jesse is Puerto Rican. What I want you each, well, Ted first. Uh, what is the best Dominican dish for anybody that's looking to ever eat Dominican food? Um, it's the popular uh, name is called Los Tres Golpes. What Los Tres Golpes? That, that that's like the three hits. Okay, right? Like a golpe is when you get hit, so it's three hits. It's uh, eggs, uh, white cheese fried. Mm-hmm. And uh, and salchichon is like Dominican salami, right? So los tres golpes with mangu. Mangu is a green plantain. When you boil it, and then you mash it up, and you put a little bit of salt, a little bit of whatever. I like to put a little bit of butter and mayonnaise mm-hmm. to make it my own little taste. Okay. So on the mangu with huevo salami queso, that's that should be in the middle of the flag. Like that's like so so classic. so so anybody who wants to get a nice taste of Dominican food. They would order. How do you say that again? Um, mango, mango con los tres golpes. Okay, okay, okay. Internet, you may have to uh, pause that and rewind it back to say yeah. that that again. But um, X, hey, listen. If you're interested in finding out about some Dominican food, try that out. Now, Jesse, on the Puerto Rican side, what would you say? Um, definitely white rice and beans. Um, white rice and beans. That's so plain, man. No, it that's is. That's like fucking uh, um, baked big ziti. You know? Acapurria. What the fuck did you say? Yeah, I don't really know what's in there. Like, a st- there's a, a relleno de papa. It's a potato stuff with meat. That's really good. Cuchifrito stuff. Cuchifrito, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> empanadas. Empanadas, it's... Um, empanadas are always good. Yeah, right. that's really good. But it's really fattening. It's, it's a lot of fried stuff. No, I mean, li- listen, you don't ever see, you know, I mean, listen, that type of food is a, a beautiful thing. You're not worried about that. There's always a diet for another day. No, his favorite, his, he loves when I make him yellow rice with corn and, uh, how do you say, uh, salchicha? Uh, no, no, um, sausage. Sausage inside okay. of it. It's chorizo? So like, like chorizo, chorizo yeah. inside of the rice. He loves that. And, I, and I'll like make okay. him pork Now, you, cook, you cook a lot? I cook, yeah. You're a good woman. Huh? Look at this. You, you cook, you support, you um, are interactive with him. I and, rub and my you love feet. him. You rub his feet. Yes. Make love to him. Let me yes. tell you something. You are a true Spanish woman. She's a keeper. You, she's the one that uh, Diddy was talking about years ago. My, Mommy, see, remember that song? Mommy, ven aquí. Mommy, ven aquí. Yeah, de- definitely my uh, my partner, my soulmate. Yeah, she's You know, I, awesome. brought, I brought you up before, Jesse. I brought you up um, because um, when I was at the Behind the Speaker event, like I said, you know, it, it's, see, I think a lot of people don't realize how important it is to have a, a woman, when you're with a woman, to have a woman by your side that understands the, the, the art and, and the lifestyle of the hustle. Um, you know, 
it's hard to be a creative, a freelancer. You know, these type of jobs don't come with pensions, don't come with most health insurance, don't come with 401ks. Um, but what they do come with is, is, is a high reward to live your life the way you want to and, and make money to do what you love to do. And I think so many people don't ever really big up um, their soulmates and their people who are behind them. You know, a lot of the things that I do and been able to do, I wouldn't be able to do that without, you know, my lady low-key net. Um, just being supportive, just being there for me, just understanding that, you know, sometimes we're going to make a lot of money and sometimes we're not going to make a lot of money. And sometimes things are going to be tough and up and down. And, and, and it's important when you have a woman, you know, by your side. It, it just I just feel like you could go out and do your thing. You don't have to worry about all this other shit. And, uh, you know, I applaud you for being somebody who's very supportive of a creative Thank person. Thank you. You know, because I know this shit ain't easy, man. You yeah, know, I wouldn't be any, I, I don't want to be anywhere else. Um, mm. we, we work really, really well together. We understand each other. And anything I can do for him, mm-hmm. for his growth, I'm there. Let me ask you, you have a sister? I do. Okay, shit. This, hey, listen, if anything ever happens to me, I'm going after your fucking sister. I'm going to make her yo, rub, yo. My, rub my feet. I'm going to make her fucking cook me. What did you say? <laughs> oh, no, you said that. <laughs> yeah, she's a good girl. So. <laughs> no, it's important. It's it's important, you know, um, and uh, it's it's always powerful, like I said, that helps fuel. Even for a woman, it's good to have a man behind her Absolutely. that supports her. Like my lady wants to do an errand line and i'm you know i told her i'll support her and we could work on it and the mm-hmm. branding of it and and doing it and, and 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 i hope we could get this off the ground one day but i want to support her i want to show her you know um that you know it, it's a team man I, I i don't know man i can't stress how how important it is to have someone by your side let me just add something to that Pete. like yeah what makes us interesting is that we do the same thing for each other like she's a lot of people don't know they're getting to find out now through instagram and social media that you know she's an actress like a real actress yeah. like she does films like now a- where can they find you on instagram at jesse the uh jesse Cotto project okay jesse dot. jesse Cotto, j-e-s-s-i-e-c-o-t-t-o dot project p-r-o-j-e-c-t now you do you get what you're saying so yeah, a, yeah she's an actress she she's does a lot of things and 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 part of our journey and part of my mission was to give her that confidence to be like listen like you you go for it like i got your back don't worry about it if you need a babysitter if you got to go do a screening or whatever whatever like go do it i got you and and it took a few years for for me to like rebuild her back up to to have that confidence to be like you know what like i'm i'm gonna start doing my poetry every wednesday night you know it's, we call it Jesse's thread like um very powerful shit like she has a fan base like it's crazy and you know as you know the, the he says she says thing yes, that we do in I the love. morning it's like our therapy like that shit has people are calling for a show and it's nuts like it's just taking off and it's just what we do in the morning and it is so generic and so uh, organic rather that people just love it they're like yo like we go through the same shit and it's just become its own thing, man. First of all, I love that he said, she said. Uh, I think it's funny. You guys are yeah, arguing. We love you. I see. I see. I seen someone. I seen one of them where he the toothpaste was finished and he had to cut the fucking toothpaste. Cut it. It's hard. Li- <laughs> it's hard living with someone. But you know, what I want to say, um, what if you Jesse, if you could give some advice of what it takes to really work in a relationship to people who are trying, because I know it's not easy. You know, what are some of the, you know, advice that you would give people who are in relationships to to stay successful in relationships and stay and stay and stay level headed, so to speak? You know, I would say listen to your partner and try not to judge their actions because you've never walked in their shoes 
and you don't know why they are the way they are. But um, definitely listen to them and, and be patient and, and just be as open as you can and show them who you really are. That, for me, that's how I was able to be successful with Ted. I was able to open up who I was and show him who I was and just get naked, completely naked in front of him. And he accepted Spanish me. Spanish shit. Right. Yeah. In my, he accepted everything in its entirety. He accepted me. And I'm here. So I listen to him. He listens to me. And I'm just naked. You know, it's important, too, because it's funny. Like, sometimes, like, a lot of us, uh, particularly me, and I hate to admit it, but... Uh, you know, um, sometimes we're in our phones so much, hmm. you know, I always get the, you don't listen. You know, you don't listen to me. And sometimes I guess, you know, I'm learning to put the phone down and, and really listen. Because I think that when you give a woman your undivided attention, you ultimately, you know, um, gain their undivided respect. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that does my, my gem of the night will be that yeah. right on. So. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. But but uh, you know, so I'm I need to start doing that more often. To be honest with you, listen, man. like I say, it's communication. That's like one of my favorite words, and I and I try to spread that word to everybody because every I've seen like real like you know niggas about to shoot them shoot each other beef, and it'd be like communication it's just a communication issue and it gets settled so it's like anything could be settled or understood with communication man i'm so yeah. big on that yeah for you know, real for real you know when i was younger i always used to be hot boxy and, mm. and think that it should just pop the fuck absolutely. off absolutely but i've learned yo it takes a skill to diffuse shit man mm. and 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 to be honest with you in this day and age man you don't want to waste your life for somebody else's absolutely not you know what i mean like you know somebody wants to argue over a parking spot or some shit next thing you know like even like i was I, i'll never forget when i was away uh there was a guy that you would never picture to be away some simple-minded white guy that didn't look crazy at least to me he didn't uh simple guy uh, i was playing chess one day i came out of the ch- out of playing chess and uh i bumped into him and I said, what's up and I was like, how you doing bro we started talking oh you're in this dorm you know I said, uh, and uh, this is the biggest question in jail, but, you know, what are you in here for? Dang. And um, he wound up sitting down, we're sitting down, and he wound up telling me that he, he killed his his wife's uh, boyfriend. That what happened was he came home from one day, I think he was a post office guy. He worked for 20-something years in the post office. And he came home one day early from work, and he heard screaming. And it wasn't screaming or yelling, it was sexual screaming. And he walked in, um, and some guy was having sex with his wife. And what he immediately did was took his shotgun and killed the guy. But he explained to me, and there's something I learned so much from him in there, is that he said, look, she's fucking somebody else now. So what did I really do? I fucked mm. myself. Nothing. He's 25 years to life. And, and you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is if I know it hurts and it's not easy if someone cheats on you. I've had that happen. Um, but to be honest with you, to throw your life away, for somebody else who is obviously just, you know, doing you wrong, it's crazy because when you think about it, I mean, when, I just said it, but think about that shit. Like, you are upset, so you kill the guy that was fucking her, and meanwhile, she lives the next, she lives out there and fucks somebody else. You, you can't care about someone that doesn't care. It's an exactly. impulse, though. Bottom right. line, that's it. Yeah, Once but, a person doesn't care, that's it. Yeah. You, you don't care either, and yeah. that's it, because yeah. it's never going to matter what you do. Yeah. Don't care about people who don't care about you. Period. There you go. Listen, let's get back to it. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us in this Spanish segment, love segment. (laughs) 
And uh, do you ever use iPoppy? Do you ever use uh, that that word? No. No. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> Not even joking around. <laughs> Why did I just have to look at you like? Pop- no, no. She's like, do, do I? No. <laughs> no, Poppy. No. Nothing. Now, what about no, what about the, the? I feel like a lot of Spanish women call like their men daddy and stuff like that. No. 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 Okay. Maybe these were babe, years ago. Babe. babe. Yeah. Okay. She'd be like, babe. Well, Super listen, Jesse, uh, internet, check for Jesse uh, Cotto. She's she's a great woman doing some dope shit. I love your poetry. I love Thank the he you. said, she said. And more importantly, uh, I applaud you for just being a supportive woman and really just believing. In, get, get, and a great mom. A great Avery's mom. Avery's mom. Right. Shots Hashtag. To a- shots to Avery. Avery, good young kid growing up. I, I met him 12 years old. Uh, dude acting like he was 22 with a briefcase uh, <laughs> heading down to Wall Street to do, you know, to go fucking, Crazy. you know, uh, do some merger. <laughs> No, no, I, I, listen, I salute you. Thank you. I, I salute you, and uh, I love the way you love Ted. Um, I think uh, it's powerful, it, and, and it really made me like, yo, you know, I love my lady, but like, damn, I'm like, yo, everyone needs someone <laughs> to love someone like that. Like, yo, you were at this event crying about how happy you are for this dude. So anyway, I applaud you. Thank okay? you. So, yeah. But Ted, let's get back to Ted. And, yeah. Um, so listen, Ted, um, we went over the remixes. We yeah. went over Funk Flex. We went over your some of your productions. We went over your pops. What I do want to go over is somebody like Cool DJ Red Alert, mm. um, the bum, uh, um, somebody who I feel like is 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 one obviously one of the forefathers of this shit. Um, somebody that's very important to hip hop. You know, um, how did you form a relationship with him? Well, Red Alert, uh, I think, is his mother. He has a, a relative that. Uh, lives or lived in Wagner Projects right next to my building. So I would always see Red, you know, come and, and mind you, this is, you know, when Red Alert was Red Alert, you know what I'm saying, in his heyday, and even before that. And he had that, that red afro, you know, that red hair. And, uh, and he was just cool. Like, he was just super cool. And I met Red Alert. Uh, there was a place, shout to Grandma Funk, and Koi Soldier, the two sisters that did this legendary party called the Funk Hut. And, uh, nine, around 1994, it was at the Big City Diner on 43rd and, and 10th Avenue or 11th Avenue. Bro, I love how vivid your memory is. Yeah, yeah. So they did a legendary party of it. And that's, that was, a lot of people was actually like, like, what, what, you know, name some things that were like game changers for you as, as a DJ. At the time, I already had the East Side on lock with the mixtapes in the clubs. But the industry, they they heard my stuff. They liked my music, but they they thought I was black. Everybody thought I was black. They didn't know that I was Dominican because they heard my voice. And they're like, okay, you know, whatever. So when I got to do this party, it was like the whole industry. It was just on a Tuesday night, $5 to get in. And everybody was there from like Bobby Brown to Christopher Williams to Chaco Quest to like everybody. And man, when I tell you, that's where I met. Not only the industry, that's why I met Red Alert. He signed my uh the the you know what uh, the DJ mats are when you yeah, put yeah, attention sure. the, the stand yep. it was like a stand the company stand made the blue one that they was like the stand too, that we, yeah. yeah. So he signed my mat. He came in the booth, he was like, Yo, like what's your name? Like, you know, who are you? You know, cause I was super skinny, I used to take my shirt off, he used to be hot. And I met him. I met um uh, I met Kid Capri there. Um, crazy story how I met him. Um, I met just the entire industry then, so that's kind of made me like, okay, I've arrived. Like, I'm doing the street shit, I'm doing the mixtape shit, and I'm the industry fucks with me. So, I mean, you know, sh- shout out to, to that whole situation, and Red Alert, ever since then, just like, 
always friended me, you know what I'm saying, just became my friend. And we've been, I mean, he just was at the old school jam uh, three days ago, whatever, four days ago on 125th Park Avenue. And I, I played the cha-cha slide right, to get everybody involved. And he leans over to me. He goes, yo, if you play the wobble, I'm going to set it off. Mm. Guess what record I played next? The wobble. And he set it off. So the chances of Red Alert coming to your jam and going on in the middle of the street, basically, and starting to wobble, come on, you know that's family. Yeah, I can't. I can't say nothing. I can't say nothing. No one can say nothing about Red Alert. Yeah, he's he's the, the god. Sure, sure. Facts. You know, um, being a DJ, and and I want you to describe the feeling when you have a crowd of like a hundreds, or having a crowd of thousands, and you're killing it. Like you know. In a zone, being in a zone at a party. What describe the feeling of that? Well, with the with me, um, a lot of people. They, the more people, the bigger the crowd, the more nervous they get. I'm opposite. The bigger the crowd, the more relaxed I get. Mm. Because the hardest thing to do is to um, have keep someone's attention. So if you're in a, just picture yourself in a place with like three people in a room. It's real hard to keep those three people engaged in what you're doing. But if it's a thousand people, it's almost like they all vibe off each other. So I could literally, I mean, you know, crazy story from back in the days when we used to do Velvet on Sundays on uh, 26th Street and 11th Avenue, shout to Goongi. Um, I was in there and that crowd was rough. And um, Onyx Slam was out. Mm-hmm. And um, I was with, I was with my boys, boy Do It Like Diddy and my boy James the Barber, and we I don't know how we got the conversation. He was like, "Yo, I bet you, he I bet you can't make them fight." And I'm like, "What?" I said, "I bet you twenty. I said, "I'll play three records right now, and now I'm gonna get them to fight." And they put that twenty dollars up, and three records later, they were fighting. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I say that to say, music is so powerful, and you can I I know me I can control the room. I can control the emotion and the feeling in that room. If I want to make motherfuckers sad in that room, and no matter how many people are in there, I could do it through music. So when 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 I when when it's a crowd and they're like there and they're ready to rock, there's nobody. I feel like an artist. I feel like I, I stood in the middle of the Colosseum in Rome, ten thousand people, and told them all to fucking get the fuck up and put one finger in the air. You know how powerful you got to be to make mm-hmm. 10,000 people do that? So it's a, it's a high. It's, it's like an adrenaline, and sure. I still get it to this, just at the old school jam. Sure. Just the other day, I had that moment. I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy, and I had to turn it up. So it, it's, it's, like an, it's like being an artist, mm-hmm. but because I'm a type of DJ that I'm a rocker party, and I'm on the mic, and I'm interacting with the crowd. So, yo, everybody jump out the window. They go head to that window. It's just they get caught up in my moment and it's just it's nothing like it it's, it's sure. a real it's a real high sure you, you know being a DJ is like being a con, you know like you're orchestrating you know everybody absolutely you know, you know, absolutely it's, it's a power it's definitely something that's real powerful listen as we wind this episode down I want to let people know um, behind the speaker is uh, your new your new baby yes that uh, will like, like we spoke about featuring different people involved in music you're still DJing all over absolutely right? um what else do you got that you're working on? Um, definitely, you know, I just put out the remix uh, for French Montana, Unforgettable. That's out there. Um, and a few others. Um, the Old School Jam. The Old School Jam is, uh, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't like to talk shit about a lot of stuff I do. The Old School Jam, I can talk shit about because that is really 
the the best jam in the world. Like we've been doing it for 14 years. Shout out to my team, Team Straight Face, and it's basically you know us giving back to the community. You know what I'm saying? And, and the, the 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 great part of it is that the demographic of people that come to the old school jam are kids at four or five years old with their parents to sure. 50 year olds so old school people it's, it's a family affair and we do it all over the city in jersey we do it everywhere and it's just amazing every dj has been to the old school jam you name them they've been there you, you've been you, you're passionate you're very passionate that's one thing i really like about you you're always anything you do you're passionate for sure any um any moments that really stick out to you that you're appreciative of like, you know, throughout the years, throughout the journey, anything that sticks with you where you really, really made you who you are today? And I'm not talking about only just a DJ, just even as a person. Just in life. Um, I, I'm going to say being embraced by by my peers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like being embraced by my, like I, I said this a few times when I tell the, the Kicker Priest story, how we met. Um, you know, the the fact that he, he wanted to. That was to, the Kicker Priest story. So we was at the Funk Hut and. Uh, uh, my boy Frank Nitty at the time was my best friend, and we were big Kid Capri fans. I never knew how Kid Capri looked. I was, you know, 19 years old, whatever, and I was young, and, and I didn't know how he looked. So I'm, I'm, I'm rocking out, and I actually have this picture of that night. So, I'm, and so the Funk Hut had a real small booth, and the door opened inside, so the, the door could literally hit you if you if you're not looking. So I'm rocking out, I'm doing my thing, and um, the door. In the middle of me mixing, the door pushes and the door it distracts me, and I fucked the mix up, and I was so fucking heated. Like I'm, I'm, yo, I've, I'm, no, I'm known for breaking fucking records if I screw up a mix. So I look, and all I could see was a guy with a real, like an angry face, and he's just saying something, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? And I slammed the door in his face, and I'm like, fucking dickhead, man. <laughs> so. I, I, two two records later, kick, um, Frank Nitty comes to the booth and he's like, "Yo, yo, kick a breeze here, nigga! Like, you better turn up." And I'm like, "Where?" I'm like, "Where the fuck?" He's like, "Where is he at?" And he was like, "He's right over there." And I remember he had a green hoodie. And I'm like, "With the green hoodie?" He was like, "Yeah." He was. I was like, "Yo, I just slammed the door in his face." He was like, "How the? Why the fuck?" Would the? I said, "Bro, I'm mixing." He, he slammed. I didn't know who the fuck he was. He said some shit, and I slammed the door. I played. Uh, a blend that's his favorite. Uh, you are my lady, Freddie Jackson. You are my lady yeah, yeah. with the uh, uh, special ed. I got a maid beat. Okay. I played that joint, and and I'm looking now. I'm looking at his reaction because I'm a fan of him, and he he, he puts the face and he's he's like he shakes his head. Fuck that! I'm gonna go over there. He gets up. He starts walking to the booth, and I'm like, oh shit! So this time he opens the door like. With his finger like edging and like, and I'm like, yo, and he was like, yo, my bad, man. He was like, I knew he wasn't in a mix. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, yo, my bad. He was like, yo, what's your name? He was like, what the fuck is your name? And I was like, yo, test move. And he shook my hand and he was like, yo, I don't want to bother you, man. Just keep taking it to him. Turned around, walked back, and every Tuesday, he'll walk in, look at me, like, yo, let me get that Freddie Jackson. Play it for him. And we've been friends ever since. But to me, that was a real acknowledgement. Like when the nigga you look up to mm -hmm. gives it back to sure, you on sure. some legit shit, I, I could have. I'm like, I could have retired right there. So moments like that, when when you know that it's real and you know that that the people, the real people that matter, sta stamped you. Th those are the moments that I appreciate sure. the most from 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 James Cruz, from May Rest in Peace, Chris Lighty. Like those are my mentors of mine. You know, what I'm sure. I, I've, I've been blessed and surrounded by so many um, um, dope 
you know, friends and, and mentors that I've just been blessed, man. They kept me out of trouble when I was younger, like real shit. You dig what I'm saying? And um, to me, those are the moments. And of course, when my daughter was born, you know, yeah. that was that changed my life. But um, shout out to Ty. Love yeah. you, Ty. I like I like your daughter um, because I've seen when you put her on Instagram, I've seen <laughs> that she uh, was making these rocks. Yeah, Ty's. and she was giving them out to people, and on the rocks it would say, uh, you know, literally drawing on rocks that would say, um, inspiring quotes. Yeah, just like you know, uh, be great, or, or or and just leave them for people. Yeah, she, you she's, know, like I just loved how pure kids are. Like I feel like before they lose their innocence, they're amazing, and it really shapes who they become absolutely. as they get older. Like this girl is literally writing on rocks, like. Like you know, love yourself or or, or and that be was her great idea. or stay focused and leaving them for people like in different things. And like everywhere that. I travel, she makes rocks. If she like, Daddy, make sure you drop. So I'm dropping rocks in Japan. Yeah. I'm dropping some rocks in Cali, yeah. and they find them and they hashtag and they post them. It's amazing. It's important. It's important. And uh, you know, I even seen like Tahiri uh, uh, supporting. Forget her. it. Tahiri lo- like loves that. She was like that, that, people request rocks from her all the time. Like cancer survivors. Like, let me like, oh, can you please tell your daughter to make me a rock? And I'm like. Amazing, yeah. and she yeah. makes them. It's the rock, but, <laughs> but 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 yeah, yeah. Shouts to Ty, you know. Ted, listen. Anyway, listen. As we wind this episode down, DJ Ted Smooth, man, I really uh, enjoyed uh, just going over the journey. Enjoyed Jesse Cotto um, yeah, bringing, a, giving some relationship advice and 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 how to support a man. Listen, every every woman got to be like Jesse. Make that food. Make that love. Make that support. And uh, shit, man, I'm telling you, people are going to be hitting uh, up trying to find out where the cousins and sisters are at. You know? She just told me the other day, I need a manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, like, oh, she, oh people yeah. running down on her. Yo, vibrating higher. She has like own little clothing line. It's crazy. We're going to give you a shirt too. I didn't want to bring the wrong size. Okay, okay. But, okay. Uh, and we're going to, I guess, give give her one, right? Thank because you. she's here. Tell, ink blot, ink blot. Yeah, vibrating higher. <laughs> um, let me, can, can I just give you an, uh, as a twofer? Okay. Uh, I'm gonna leave you with some with some uh, uh, facts about me and people I don't trust. So I don't trust people uh, slash DJs. You ever been in a club and you hear the Junior Reed, the One Blood, Mother and Papa, you thought it did, and then it goes blah, yeah. and they transition the record. I made that shit up in 1999 at Land Quarters on a Sunday. We're gonna stop all this taking credit for that shit. Who's taking credit for it? Every fucking DJ that wants to say I made that. And there's they, not one person taking credit for it. Uh, tons. Now, the, thank God that I was recording live. That's one of my CDs on my USB card. Is like so you can hear it when I did it live. That's number one. I don't trust you guys when y'all use that shit sure, and sure. fucking say I made that up. And I also don't trust people that. Try to give me rules on the jean shorts. George. It's, it's like, it's like, and I've been waiting to educate you, and I will educate combat when I see him. The the jean shorts ban, that started in our tournament in East Harlem together with Chill. Shout to G. Bush. When was shout this? to Big Doctor. This is uh, uh, late, uh, I want to say night, uh, 07, 06, around there, right? The, the tournament started in uh, in 93. We had it for 17 years, do the math, but I think it's TBM, I forget the name of the crew, the little dudes from Lexington Avenue, they were actually the ones that came to the, to the, to the tournament and were making fun of people with jean shorts. And I'm like, what the, what, like, what? That started in our tournament, Together We Chill, to the point that we had a section that was barricaded that whoever walked in with jean shorts, they had to sit there. That really? was a jean, I got pictures Time of this out? shit. Time out? It was, it was a jean short section. We ran people out of there. Like, we made the rules. Like, the rule is, 
If you if you're over forty, you get a pass. You can wear jean oh, shorts. Can I, it's how fine. do they know? They're checking IDs. Yeah, absolutely. Like I had a siren. Like when we this tournament was the number one tournament in the city from 2008 2009. Documented. We had a jumbotron and everything. When anybody walked in in the park with jean shorts, the crowd would be like. Over there, and I had a siren. It could be in the middle of a fucking game. You hear the the game stop. Where the fucking jean shorts at? It was ridiculous, so, hilarious. So anybody over forty, over forty, you could get it. Like I, I wear jean shorts now. Okay. I'm good. Under Anything 40. under forty, you can't do it. Girls, a jean skirt, we let you slide. Jean shorts, it's not cool. Mm. That's where it started. That's the history See, of it. See, I'm a firm believer. You know, for years, you, you know, obviously not as long as you. Right. But for years, I've been pushing the no George. Right. I'm in the rule committee. Okay. Like, we, that, that's You us. know I've been pushing that I'm shit. I'm taking credit but for I'll that. But I'll be honest with you. Girls look sexy in George. No, that's this what I'm saying. Listen, the dudes that used to come with the with the true religions and the expenses, they'll be like, yeah. fuck that. I'm saying I pay money. We ran them niggas out of that fucking park because <laughs> it was relentless. It's like... A thousand people laughing. Yo, fam, the fucking G, yo, shit in the corner. You got to sit in the corner and it's a barricade. I'm going to show you the picture. Hilarious. And the, them kids from Lexington, they started it and they brought it to my tournament and then we made the rules and that's it. Like, we, we are the, the fucking authority when listen, it comes to jean listen, shorts. I can't wait to combat his, this, <laughs> um, but more, more importantly. Document it. But he's older now, so he gets a pass. Now you get the hour 40, you good. I, I, rock, I was going to rock jean shorts today. Yeah, well, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, no, you know, I, I got my ID card. Listen, Internet, I'm still running with no jorts. Uh, <laughs> anyway, 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 as we end this episode, listen, uh, Ted Smooth, at Ted Smooth on Instagram. T-E-D-S-M-O-O-T-H. At Ted Smooth on Instagram, at Ted Smooth on Twitter. Yes, sir. Uh, make sure you follow the SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave comments, man. Leave comments in the SoundCloud. Leave comments on Twitter at Premium P at Premium P Show. And all, also, listen. I, I say this all the time. Check in from where you're at, wherever the fuck you at. If you're from fucking uh, uh, Netherlands or Russia or, or fucking Italy, or you're from Brooklyn or Bronx or or Milwaukee or Chicago or Detroit, wherever the fuck you are. On Twitter at Premium P at Premium P Show. Let me know where the fuck you at. Even comment on the SoundCloud. Let me know where you at. We'll give you a shout, man. Yes, sir. But listen, it, Ted, I'm so glad this episode finally happened. Man, funny. It's in a can. Funny. Uh, uh, um, um, just, just powerful and 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 meaningful, man. And and you're a good spirit, man. I wish you the best, most definitely. Let me tell you one last thing, Pete. I'm glad I got to share that moment with Prodigy and you on that stage. Um, at the one year anniversary recipes of Prodigy, it was it was. It was really special to um to to see him, you know, in that light. He came there to just have an interview and, and it turned into like a mini concert. That shit was the dopest shit. Whoa. And 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 it was just a vibe in that place. I just want to touch on that because it was it was a special moment for me. Yeah. And mind you, he's been coming to our clubs forever. Yeah. But to to just be a part of that moment and you was like, what the fuck is going? <laughs> Play yeah. another one. Yeah. It was you, it was nuts, you, man. You, so you know you know I do want to say um. You know, on the one-year anniversary uh, when I invited Prodigy to come, and he did turn that into a mini-concert. And, and it's funny, as a DJ, you knew exactly oh, when man. and what to play. I, I mean, you ran it. through all those mob. <laughs> you, had a, you had that clip on deck for the, all those mob Crazy. pitch. And uh, got, the, got the place amp, man, you know. Um, and rest in peace, Prodigy, man. You know, it's sad that, you know, who would have known, you know, that uh, he didn't have much more time with us. Facts. Um, 
But um, you know, I'm glad that you were able to do that, and I and I yeah, thank man. you for being a part of one year anniversary. Yeah, man, man, I did it for a sandwich and a soda. I told you when I just make the call, <laughs> make the call, and I'm there, man. And hey, that, that's gonna, why I I'm tell sure. people, man, to, yeah. opportunities are never defined by money, man. Like yeah. you never know. We met so many. I met so many great people at your thing, and I'm like, we, I gotta be there, like because in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm doing behind the speaker, like I need to be in that world. And thank you to you too, because we had many conversations you helped me out a lot with just some of the ideas and just you know you, that's this is your world i'm entering your world so thank you for just the advice and and all of that stuff like it's appreciated yeah bro. no no and even for somebody who's been around you know that don't have to have an ego uh with me like you know i, I remember you telling me um like yo um you know uh you know, you could have picked anybody to Facts. do the one year anniversary, and uh, you it was picked an honor. me. It was no, an honor. And, and, and it was an honor to have you, man. I really appreciate that, man. Like I said, you're genuine. You're genuine soul. I know sometimes in this game, you know, we go through some ups and downs hmm. as far as like you know trying to make things pop. What we want to do on other things and shit like that. You know, I know it's not always super super gravy unless you diddy or something Absolutely. like that. But I do want to say that your genuine soul, I feel, will always take you over the top. Thank so you, I appreciate internet. Listen, like I said, we'll see you next episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, tell a friend, to tell a friend. Uh, DJ Ted Smooth, Ted Smooth, stay face. You remember? We out. Cheers. Uh-huh. See you next episode. Cheer, cheer. Internet. If you like what you heard today, okay, then tweet me at the Premium Pete Show at Premium Pete or email me at the Premium Pete Show at gmail.com. You were fucking with it. You weren't fucking with it. I don't care. I ain't taking it personal. I want to know your thoughts. Okay, and I'll tell you another thing. All my businesses out there, small business, big business, whatever business, if you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show, email me at thepremiumpeachow at gmail.com and let's get something working. Let's figure it out, okay? I'll see you next week. Cheer. Forget about it.